When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am well, although I've had a bit of an issue with someone today. So there I was on a walk, minding my own business, um, up sort of on the hills a bit. And this gentleman comes up to me and says, can you show me where the hidden path is? And I said to him, oh, you can't see it, but it's just there, pointed to where it was on the hill, gave him an idea, and he said, oh, I can't see it. And he started to get quite cross, and I said, that's because it's hidden. That's why we call it the hidden path. Anyway, he wouldn't have it. Oh, my goodness, can you believe people? It's called a hidden path because it's hidden. Dear, oh, dear. Anyway, yes, you can see what sort of a day I'm having. One without chocolate so far, so that's quite worrying for all of us. Will I manage to get through this? Who knows? Anyway, what have we got today? We have got ah oh, the lovely group, the Facebook group, talking about the books they're reading. I've got quite a few books to talk to you about as well. How many have I got? One, two, three, four, five. And we've got a lovely author interview. Wait till you hear this. You won't believe it. So let's get started. Um, first of all, the Facebook group. So if you haven't joined our group, come onto our Facebook, type in Quick Book Reviews Podcast and you should find us. You'd be very, very welcome. What are people reading at the moment? It's so interesting, the range of books. Zoe's reading Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. Laura's reading How to Disappear by Julia McAllister. Love that book. Uh, Leslie's reading The Wife Between Us uh, by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen. Karen's reading After the End by Claire McIntosh. Oh, gosh, sad book. Yes, good book. Sad book. Um, Claire's re reading Kate and Clara's Curious Craft Shop by Ali McNamara. Bit of a tongue twister there. Kate and Clara's Curious Craft Shop, but uh, sounds very intriguing. Um, Linda's reading Life Expectancy by Dean Koontz. Um, oh, yes, I don't think I'll be reading that one. Bit scary for me. Well done, you. Um, Joanne's about to start The Testament, Margaret Atwood. Wow, that's a great book. Elaine's uh, reading Queenie. Uh, by Candice Carty-Williams. You'll have heard me raving about Queenie so many times. I won't go, go on about it. Um, and Rach is reading All the Lonely People by Mike Gale. That's a new one and that's one I need to get. It does look good. Anyway, so there we go. Um, and you can get hold of me there. You can get hold of me on Twitter, Instagram. 
um, and email me at quickbookreviews.outlook.com. Now, books. Which books have we got today? We have got, drumroll please, The End of Her by Shari Lapena, The Girl Before by J.P. Delany, The Bookshop uh, by Penelope Fitzgerald, Seven Bridges by L.J. Ross, and also the audiobook version of Daughter of Smoke and Bone by, now I hope I pronounce this right, Lainey Taylor. Quite a few to be getting on with. And are you ready for this? Once I finish reviewing the books, we're going to be speaking to Shari LaPena. That's very exciting. Come on, guys, this is going to be a great day. Who needs chocolate when we've got Shari to talk to? So let's get through these books. As I say, the first book is called The End of Her by Shari LaPena. Let me read you this blurb. You're going to want to read this. It starts with a shocking accusation. Stephanie and Patrick are recently married with newborn twins. While Stephanie struggles with the disorienting effects of sleep deprivation, there's one thing she knows for certain. She has everything she ever wanted. Then a woman from Patrick's past arrives and makes a horrifying allegation. He always claimed his first wife's death was an accident, but she says it was murder. He insists he's innocent, but this is nothing but blackmail. But is Patrick telling the truth or has Stephanie made a terrible mistake? How will it end? So this book, I thought, hmm, I like the sound of this. I want to read it. I'd watch Sherry on the Locked Up Festival organised by Steve Kavanagh and Luca Vesti. And I thought, yeah, this book sounds really good. I want to order it. So I did. And I sat down and started this book. And it's one of those books that as soon as you start it, you think there is no way I'm getting up until I have finished this book. So public announcement, there won't be any food provided. There won't be any conversation until this book has finished because I need to know what happens. It just draws you in woomph, straight away like that. And it's uh, very easy to read. Um, and you're just immediately taken in by this story. You can't believe what's going on. You can't believe what's happening. And you think, really, how are these people coping? Um, not that I don't mean you can't believe it as in, hi, don't believe that this is a correct story. Nothing like that. You just can't believe people are going through this and how then they cope with it. And just shows you take some somebody that thinks they're in a perfect situation. And well, let's just face it. They're not or they're not going to be in it for long. Um, it was great. I kept wanting to know how it was going to end and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Good escape book. Um, very well written. Yeah, excellent. Top draw for me, I thought. And uh, as I say, we'll be talking to Shari later on, which so that's very, very exciting. Now, the next book, The Girl Before by J.P. Delany. Let's read the blurb before I tell you what I think. Uh, I'd be interested to know if you've uh, read this book and what, what you thought as well, as I am with all books, but particularly this one. OK. Jane stumbles on the rental opportunity of a lifetime, the chance to live in an ultra minimalist house designed by an enigmatic architect on condition she abides by a list of exacting rules. But when she discovers the previous tenant, Emma, met a mysterious death there, Jane starts to wonder if her own story will be a rerun of The Girl Before. Now, I have been reading J.P. Dillon's books more recently. 
Um, some of them I've really liked. Certainly as they've gone on to write, you know, the later books I've really enjoyed. There were two things that I didn't like with this book, and I don't often say that, but I'm going to say this. Um, the one, uh, I, I, it didn't sit well with me how some of the food that they were eating. I'll just give it the title Seafood. And if you read the book, you will know what I mean. I'm not going to give anything away, sort of seafood slash fish. But it's it's going to haunt me, the, the picture that um, my mind painted um, while reading it. So that was the one thing. The second thing is that this, there's part of this, and I don't want to give um, the story away, and I don't think I do, but there's, there's control in this. And uh, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like reading about it. It makes me very uncomfortable. I don't want people reading it and thinking it's okay. Um, characters seem to accept being controlled and that ugh, did not like that at all having said that if you can just park those things or if they don't if you can read them and it doesn't affect you it's a very interesting story it's got the twists and turns it's got the gear changes it's got the the different sort of story than than a lot of other suspense no novels um and uh yeah i'm I'm glad I read it, but I didn't enjoy the process because of those two things. But um, I en enjoyed the ending. Not how oh, I really enjoyed that. It was like, oh, OK, that 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 sort of makes sense. So it was a, it was a good ending. I was glad I stuck with it. There was a point um, with the two issues I've raised where I did think, oh, I don't I don't know if I want to carry on. Um, but I did. And I'm glad I did. But I just don't want to be um sort of encouraging that sort of writing or behavior so read it but you know have a red button close to hand to to press if you if you need to uh, stop reading and if it from what i've said if it sounds like something that really would unsettle you then then don't um but as i say it's well written a very good ending and it's probably me being precious but it was just those points that um, didn't make it as good as it could have been but I guess that was part of the scene setting to make the story what it was so please read this book and please tell me what you think thank you very much um, right the, the next book the bookshop um, has been made into a film as well I don't know if you've seen the film I haven't I would like to I would like to very much so let me tell you what this book is about England, 1959. In a small East Anglian town, Florence Green decides, against polite but ruthless local opposition, to open a bookshop. Hardborough becomes a battleground. Florence has tried to change the way things have always been done, and in doing so has crossed those who have made themselves important, such as the formidable Mrs Gammart, and even natural and supernatural forces too. Her fate will strike a chord with anyone who knows that life has treated them with less than justice. Um, it's a short book. It's 150-odd pages. Um, the cover's lovely, but it's actually the cover of a still from the film. And as I say, I would really like to uh, to to watch the film. Uh, it's written by Penelope Fitzgerald. I'm just thinking, have I read any of her other books? And shamefully, I don't think I have. So that's pretty pretty bad, and I need to immediately rectify that. Um, I just think this is it's a bit like when you read um, Darling Buds of May. It's it's a short book. It's lovely. 
Um, yes, there's some nasty characters in it, but it's a it's a lovely read. It's a nice, refreshing change. It's just it's a feel good book, I would say, even though people are being horrible to each other. You know, well, hey, it's a feel good book, but people are horrible to each other. You know, I don't mean that. It's just it's nice. You could read it and, you know, there's not going to be a zombie walking across the town, killing lots of people, that there's not going to be a virus in it, that there's not going to be Armageddon, uh, a serial killer, anything like that. So for that reason, it is it is a nice read. And I'm really glad I got round to um, reading it, actually, because I've been meaning to for a while. So if you're looking for something short, a bit different, light, nice, um, going back in time a bit, then The Bookshop by Penelope Fitzgerald could be for you. Now, we're coming on to a book where um, I have read quite a few in the series and I know I've talked about them before. And let's face it, I'm going to keep talking about them because I really, really enjoy them. Um, but this book is called Seven Bridges by L.J. Ross. It's part of a series. It's part of the DCI Ryan uh, mystery series. And I enjoy these so much. Now, some of you haven't heard of these books before, and that's because they're self-published. Now, we're not talking about, you know, one or two books being sold at a ladies WI store. We're talking multi-million copies published and sold she's not just publishing them and not selling them um there's huge demand for this and it's it's a success story on being self-published it really is and i think that's very interesting and uh, lj ross louise has actually started now to market the books again there are new covers coming on this book i've got is actually the old style cover but the new covers look absolutely gorgeous and that you'll start to see them being sold in bookshops as well so that's going to be really interesting i first listened to it on an audiobook and since then i've either got the book or listened to the audiobook there's quite a few in the series and actually there's another series as well i think i covered bedlam the first the first in the series i think it's that one anyway um but she's a good writer. Um, they're sort of quick reads, but good, good characters. Um, and as I said before, I like the fact that some of the details carry on. It's not not all, not every book is everything all wrapped up with ribbons and there you are, it's all done. Um, you're rewarded, I think, for being a fan of the series. And uh, well, let me read you the blurb for this one. So here we go. Um, it's been five months since a killer walked free and DCI Ryan is preparing to leave Newcastle to hunt him down, this time for good. But Ryan's plans are scuppered when events take a dramatic turn and he is forced to stay and face his past one last time or watch a friend suffer the consequences. Amid the chaos, another killer is preparing to strike. When the Tyne Bridge explodes, Ryan's team are faced with a frantic race to uncover a deadly foe who won't stop until every bridge is burned, along with everybody on it. Murder and mystery are peppered with romance and humour in this fast-paced crime whodunit, set amidst the spectacular Northumbrian landscape. Well, there you go. I think that that says it all. Um, so how many pages was this one? 260. So it's not ultra short. There's a lot that's packed into it. Really good plotting. As I say, great characters. Um, it, not just DCI Ryan, but you, uh, as a, you're rewarded again for being a reader of the series by remembering very easily all the different characters or a lot of them. Um, and I like the way she writes. I just think it's a, it's a good read. 
think series are sometimes a comfort, aren't they? Even if they involve, you know, murders, bombs, whatever. It's a comfort to just pick up a book and be uh, once more with characters that you enjoy reading about. So, yes, I'm really looking forward to reading the next one. I believe that's called The Hermitage. But my plan, my cunning plan, is to wait until there's the new style covers. And that one, I think, is out early September. So I shall probably wait until I have that and then I'll read it and tell you what what I think. But it's well worthwhile having a look at these, especially as they're going to be more accessible for everyone. Um, Holy Island being the first in the series. So yes, very good indeed. Uh, now, that's enough of very good indeed. Now I'm going to make a few enemies, I'm afraid. Because this final book is one that I have struggled with. And it's not because of the book. The book, I think, is really well written. It's just a genre that I find it hard to, to get my head around. So the book is called Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor. Let me read you the blurb and then we'll talk some more. Um, so, errand requiring immediate attention. Come. The note was on vellum, pierced by the talons of the almost crow that delivered it. Carew read the message. He never says please, she sighed, but she gathered up her things. When Brimstone called, she always came. In general, Carew has managed to keep her two lives in balance. On the one hand, she's a 17-year-old art student in Prague. On the other, errand girl to a monstrous creature who is the closest thing she has to family. Raised half in our world, half in elsewhere, she has never understood Brimstone's dark work, buying teeth from hunters and murderers, nor how she came into his keeping. She is a secret even to herself, plagued by the sensation that she isn't whole. Now the doors to elsewhere are closing and Carew must choose between the safety of her human life and the dangers of a war-ravaged world that may hold the answers she has always sought. Now, that sounds great, doesn't it? Um, and maybe the problem is because I'm listening to it as an audiobook, but I really struggle with the fantasy genre. I know I said I wasn't going to say genre again, but there we go. Uh, I don't know why, because I would like to enjoy it. A lot of people have said, particularly recently, that they've enjoyed even more reading fantasy books because it's been a great way just to escape, just to get away from all that's going on. And... I yearn for that. I would love to be able to do that and just escape to a, a different realm, a different time. But but I can't. I don't seem to have the capacity to visualise it enough. And I think that's quite a key point for me, that with a lot of books, if I can visualise it, I'm in. It, it's easier. You know, if you, if you visualise how things are happening, what's going on, you're more patient with the book. You're more loyal to the book. But when it's this, I, well, I can see them. Like this, the, the main girl has blue hair. I can see the character. I can see her blue hair. But I just don't, it, it's not 3D for me. I'm not fully committed. And I do think that's such a shame because this book, everybody loves this book. It's a series. Everyone loves the author. Everyone loves the series. So many people love fantasy books. Why, oh why, can't I? But there we go. I'd be so interested to know if you are able to read fantasy. And if so, have you got any recommendations? Because clearly I'm missing a trick here. Um, so I enjoyed the sort of story, but then I struggled. Um, it kept changing 
um, quite significantly in terms of the plot. I'm not going to give anything away. I think if you've got someone who is younger, say, maybe it's just my age. Oh, my goodness. Is that what it is? Is it that I'm just too old? No, that can't be it. Tell me. Tell me that's not the case. Um, but certainly if you've got someone younger, not it's not we're not talking mid grade or YA at all. But um, once you're into adult books, this this could be something for them. It just wasn't for me and I really wanted to enjoy it, but I just struggled with it again and again. Um, the audio book is 12 and a half hours long, so it's quite a long one, which is fine if, if you're going with it. I actually started listening to it on double speed, two times speed, which I only do if I just want to get to the end. Um, so I, yeah, it, and it's it's nearly 10 years since it was published, which is incredible. Um so I am really sorry, but I didn't enjoy it. And everyone's going to hate me that loves her. And as I say, it's not the author, it's me. But please, if you find some fancy books that you enjoy, please tell me so I can read them. That would be absolutely wonderful. So there we go. There's all the books. Um, let's just go through them again. We've had Shari Lepena, The End of Her, The Girl Before by J.P. Delany, um, The Bookshop, Penelope Fitzgerald, Seven Bridges, L.J. Ross, and Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor. And now, let drum roll. We need a drum roll. Could you just provide one in your own home? Thank you very much. Now we have a discussion with Shari, a chat with Shari about this glorious book, The End of Her, and exactly what was involved. So, Shari, thank you so much for joining me today. No, oh, my pleasure. I really appreciate it. Really excited to talk to you about this book. The end of her, I, I absolutely loved it. What, what a book! It had me gripped from the first page. Did, how did you get the idea for this? Well, the idea came from something I read online. So, um, the death of the first wife is something that I saw. It's based on a real case in the states where, um, and I can talk about this. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler. But the, um, there was a man who was, it was a blizzard and he was shoveling out his car, which was buried in snow. And yeah. his wife and, and child were out playing in the snow, but they got cold and they got into the running car to warm up. But the tailpipe was blocked with snow and they died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Gosh. So that was horrible. And that actually does happen so it, every it year somewhere. Oh. People don't realize that the exhaust pipe is, is blocked. People can die inside the car. So... I thought, oh God, that's horrible. But then I thought, wow, you know, I mean, it's the perfect murder. If you yes. wanted to get rid of your family, yes. it's perfect because- How can you prove it? You can't prove it. You can't prove the person, unless you've got video of them stuffing the tailpipe. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to work with that because I thought this is brilliant because, you know, the hardest part of any murder and any thriller writer will tell you is getting rid of the bodies and and all that but this one you don't even have to get rid of the bodies I mean it's brilliant it's just automatically an accident but when I started with that idea I thought this is such a great setup for not knowing whether the man did it on purpose or not so that's the yeah. crux of the whole story did Patrick deliberately kill his first wife or not and that's what his second his new wife has to try and figure out and uh it's 
you know, half of one and half of the other, you really don't know until the end. No, it's just a wonderful yeah. journey. You just want to, I, I said, I just wanted to sit down and read it and I was not getting up until I'd finished this book. <laughs> Nobody was going to be fed. Nothing was happening. I wanted to find out. Did, I, I mean, did the, the characters and, and the eventual story present itself to you in sort of in one picture or did it, bits and pieces come to you as you started working on it? Yeah, it, it never comes to me as a whole piece. I always start with the idea and I just kind of go, I always go chronologically from that starting idea. And then I just go that way because I don't know the story and I don't plan it out. And I don't know, I didn't know until the end whether or not Patrick had murdered his wife or not, because oh. that's what keeps me writing. Like when I'm writing, I'm just trying to keep all of the options open. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. So I'm I'm giving the reader clues on both sides and I don't actually know when I'm writing it. And then when it gets, that keeps me writing because I want to know, right? It's exciting for yes. me. And then at the end, I sort of, the right thing, uh, the right solution presents itself. It, it's a very visual book. Do you see it in your mind as a movie almost as, as it's coming to you and as you're writing? Um, I, I don't see it as a movie, but I'm, I'm in it. Like I'm, when I'm in a character's head, I'm in that character's head. And I, I like to switch among different points of view and I get into a lot of different characters and I really identify with whose body I'm in at the moment. So yeah. I sort of see it that way. Like I don't see it as a movie and picture actors playing it, but I do see it. Like I see all of it in my head. So where do you get all your ideas from? Is it from reading the news? and uh, Quite often, yeah. quite often. Um, that one definitely was a news item that I read. The, the book before that, Someone We Know, I saw something online about a teenage boy who um, his parents had cut off his Wi-Fi. Oh, and so he actually broke into someone's house to borrow their Wi-Fi. And I loved that idea because I, I had a teenage boy and, you know, oh. cutting off the Wi-Fi was a real <laughs> problem. So I knew a lot of parents would identify with that. And I thought, you know, a dumb a dumb teenager would do that. He'd break in to borrow the Wi-Fi because they want their Wi-Fi. So yeah. I thought I could take a teenage boy like that and just complicate things and get him involved in a murder as well. So that's where that one came from. So usually it's something I've read somewhere or seen on online. You know, I like to, I like to watch true crime and things like that. Yes. So, so do you do a lot of planning I, I mean I understand the story sort of flows as you're writing but do, do you do does a story sit with you before you start typing no because usually what happens is I finish a book in in May and then I really have to start writing a new one very quickly because I do a book a year so yeah. I don't have time to you know think about I usually have to come <laughs> up with an idea pretty quickly and you know strangely enough and unfortunately when I'm working on one book I'm not coming up with a lot of ideas for a new book. I, I can't seem to do that until I finish with the first book. So, yeah. I, I, it just seems that the pace and the plot is just, it's such a skill of yours. You know, you're just known for it. it, it is that something that you had to work on over time? Or again, was that just, it, it, they, the characters in the story just possessed you and, and you were off? I think partly that's just my style. So when I wrote my first one, when I wrote The Couple Next Door, the goal that I set myself was I wanted to write a page turner. So I just wanted to keep it really moving. So I was really happy with that one because it is a page turner. Yes. So, you know, my publishers love that about it. And they, that's 
sort of my trademark is this just propulsion. You just have to keep reading. So I wanted to keep that. And yes, that's sort of my, my style, but I also have really good editors and they, you know, they make me chop and cut and, um, but I, I write fairly spare anyway. It, it is sort of my style, but I, I do have very good editors who tighten things up and there's never a, never a dull moment. <laughs> no, oh, wonderful. I mean, I appreciate each book is standalone, but does it, do each book become a result of what went before? You know, are you constantly sharpening and reshaping your writing you know does one book only happen because of the one that went before it or is is it completely fresh would you say i i think they're pretty much standalones i think every time you write a book it's a new book and everything goes out the window and you're starting <laughs> over it, it just never ever seems to get easier to to write a book and i think a lot of writers tell you that it's like every time you start it's like you know starting over yeah. um some things are easier i've, I've learned one thing um to do my research when I'm writing along and something happens and I think, oh, that'd be really, you know, that's good. I'll put that in. Um, and then I would just go with it. Now I stop and I research whether it's actually possible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to go back and go, oh, well, they can't do that because the law says you can't do that. So, you know, I've learned to stop and make sure I'm not, you know, yes. going down a Yes. And I suppose that's what you want. As a reader, you, you believe what your books, you know, you, you're not, they're thinking well I don't believe that would happen but I'll go along with it you, you do yeah mine are quite reality based yeah. like there's they have to be based in reality like one one twist I was going to have in this the end of her book was um the family was going to sue I thought it'd be really fun if the family sued Patrick for wrongful death of the wife so I was going to do that oh, and when yeah. I started down that I thought, oh, that'd be really good. Could it you know, ramp up the pressure on Patrick? Yes. But um, in, you can't do that if someone's been dead for more than a year. So I, I didn't bother developing uh, that whole trend. Yes. <laughs> Whereas four years ago, I would have, you know, I would have done yeah. you know, six pages and then went, oh. Oh, no. Yes. As you say, you're busy. You haven't always got time for that as well because you want yeah. to get on and, and see. So because people people know they'll go, well, you can't sue for wrongful death more than a year after it's happened. You just, you know, you can't do that. And you get letters. <laughs> That's the trouble because these books are fiction and yet people mm -hmm. do take it very seriously. They do apply mm -hmm. the rules of nonfiction to yeah. what is fiction. It's hard. Well, every, t every time you do something that makes someone doubt you, it kind of lifts them out of that experience, right? So you've got to be completely believable. Um, yes. Yes, very true. So, um, can I ask what's next? Yes, but <coughs> excuse me, I can't tell you. I'm, I'm halfway. <laughs> I'm halfway through my next book. Um, it's called Thriller Number Six. I haven't come <laughs> up with the title yet. Um, and I never like to talk about my books when they're in progress. But you know, it's it's in a similar vein. It's upstate New York. There's been a horrific murder. There are right now five five suspects, maybe six. Wow. And I've set it up so they're all equally capable and could have done it. And there are different things pointing at all of them. And I truly don't know which of those did it. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so you, it's fun. You finish those in sort of May. Is that when you... Well, when I finish in March and then we have our copy March. edits and so on. So basically I, I write from May till October, my first draft, and then yeah. You know, the editors look at it and then I'm revising until, you know, March and then we're doing the, you know, the uh, 
proof, you know, the copy editing and stuff. Yeah. And then it goes through all that. And then the book comes out and I'm half, I'm already halfway through my next one when I launch this one. It's busy. Yes, very. But as readers, we're very grateful for your business. Oh, thank so you. thank you. I'm very grateful for my readers, let me tell you. <laughs> well, Shari, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, Philippa. Well, wasn't that wonderful? Many thanks to Shari for joining us on that. Um, I think that's everything for today. But can I tell you, in the next episode, we have a special. It's a real special. There's 10 books to talk to you about. We're going back in time. We've got a time machine. We're having a look at some special books. And we've got an author you won't believe. So do join me next week. In the meantime, look after yourselves. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books. Said no one. Ever. See you again soon. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.